0: Out there mommy land this is mom unfiltered i am your host jacqueline today we get to chat with the young woman who gave me the title mom she spent the last six years she gru 7 in a charter military school where she reached the rank of cadet first sergeant and pioneered the headquarters and headquarters company hhc at her former school her highest grade point average was 4.29 i like to round up to a 4.3 she graduated top 20 in her class and has been accepted into the prestigious uc davis this fall for chemical engineering she managed to excel in all this losing her best friend in the sixth grade, me, her mother moving two hours away from her in her freshman year, losing both her grandmothers in her sophomore year, experiencing breakthrough with past hurt, living in turmoil between two households with two parents battling each other for her. It was not easy for us, but we're here, and we want to share our story for mothers and daughters going through it. Thank you, baby, for doing this with mommy. You are going to bless a lot of people. This is my daughter, Emiko. Please like, share, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Now it's time for our program. Okay, so it is eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday, June 1st. And I am preparing myself to watch my 17 year old daughter graduate from high school. This is a very emotional day for me. Um, this is my first firstborn. I have three older children. I didn't get to raise them. They are my bonus children. Um, They're 29, 28, 27 this year as of 2019. And I didn't get to raise them. Um, I only experienced our, um, my bonus daughter graduate from high school. And that was a proud mama moment for me um, also, because I, came into her life the last year of um her in high school and she really struggled through that and worked really really hard to graduate um she worked tirelessly to graduate and it was also the same year that her dad um, my husband graduated from college so that was a really big moment for us but this moment um My firstborn, my natural firstborn daughter, is graduating from high school. And um, she, for me, has been a star of a child um, almost all 17 years of her life. Um, But the reason why this is a bigger moment because the last 18 months, We had an incident at home and she left to live with her dad full-time and um, she stopped talking to me and having your child be connected to you at the waist. I used to call her my handbag because she went everywhere that I was and having your child disconnect from you that you're very close to um is absolutely hard it's the hardest thing um any mother who's close to their child especially their firstborn daughter um could ever experience and it was heart-wrenching and it was very hard for me and um I didn't ever think that my daughter would ever stop talking to me. And I prayed so much about her. I like I didn't want to miss this moment. I wasn't going to miss it anyway. I was just going to be ratchet and show up and be loud and be myself. Of course, I'm loud and crazy most of the time anyway. But I was just going to be ratchet and show up at her graduation anyway. Um, even while she was upset with me, I was going to show up anyway. But it's so much better to have a reconciled relationship, um, and 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 in this moment. So she didn't talk to me for the last eighteen months, and a lot of stuff went on, and um, it had to do. You know, her her father and I do not have a good relationship at all. I'm just not. I'm I'm just going to be completely transparent. We don't. Um, care for each other at all. Um, I, after I've I had her, and I tried to work it out with him, and I, you know, tried to have a relationship with him. Um, it still didn't work, so I just told her growing up that, hey, me and your dad don't like each other, but um, and it's and that's okay because you know we're not we're not gonna be friends. It's not gonna happen. But we both love you very very much. And we both want the best for you. Um, but our fighting um, with each other and, and a lot of arguing and a lot of bickering and, you know, blame game and all that other crap that um, non-functional parents do um, affected her really, really bad. So she didn't know what to do and where to go. And on top of me being married um, twice during her time, uh, her lifetime, um, did not help. Um, the relationships that I had and that I have currently were not healthy relationships. And, um, she saw a lot of stuff that I went through and, um, her father did not approve of any of those things, but you know, it wasn't his life. So, here we are at her graduation, and I don't know the details of why she left her dad's house and she came to move in with my mom. I live two hours away from her, and um, she wanted to finish out school. She wanted to graduate. She wanted to make sure she had the grades to do so. She's graduating with a 4.3, 4.2 or 4.3. Either way, it's over a (laughs) 4.0. Um, I'm so proud of her and um, she just wanted to do it with peace so she's 17 I'm like girl you're getting ready to go to college I am not going to sit and hoard over your life it's your life baby girl so um, this, is, this is our big day I just dropped her off for her last hurrah um, her graduation starts at 10 o'clock and I'm just super excited that we were able to come together and I can experience this moment with her, get her dressed, put her makeup on, you know, do her hair, do everything that I wanted to do for my daughter. I have two other ones to do this too, so I'm just really so proud of her. I'm so proud of her resilience. I'm so proud of her strength. I'm so proud of her perseverance. I'm like, she is, for me, absolutely amazing. She is, for me, absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for her to grow and um, just be amazing. So I did a rant about um, these people paying for their kids to go to school. My daughter's got a 4.3 and she, you know, has to pay for her schooling because her dad made pretty good money and, um, I didn't make any money. So, you know, but she has to pay for school. She got accepted. She didn't get accepted to USC like she wanted to. Um, excuse, no, excuse me. University of San Diego. Yeah. So, she didn't get accepted to the University of San Diego like she wanted to. But she did um, get accepted into UC Davis for chemical engineering. So, I am so very proud of her to continue her education. And um, I will get back to you and let you know how it goes as it goes. And hopefully, um, what I can do is have other moms share... um, how they're feeling about their child graduating, also in her graduating class. So, all right, you guys, I'm so excited. Hey, this is my baby, Ivy. No, I, I am really absolutely insane when it comes to my oldest daughter, she is my firstborn. I, um, I don't know what my life would be like without her. Um, You know, I don't know how my life would be like with any of my children. And if you guys hear gunshots in the background, we are um, in um, the Middle East of Oakland. I mean, and it sounds like the Middle East of Iran, huh? (laughs) It could be firecrackers, but whatever. We're, We're in Oakland at my mom's and um where Emiko currently lives but um say hi to the peoples at Mama Filter babe hi peoples no. <laughs> i um often call refer to her as babe so um this is my baby so yeah, honey too. um i forgot what i was going to ask you the how long What was it how long I was gonna ask you? I told her we was gonna wing this one.
1: How long have I wanted to Yes, how long have you wanted to
0: go to college? See, she remembered the question. So all right, let me be professional. This is my my daughter here. So Emiko, how long have you wanted to go to college?
1: Well Miss
0: Pew. You (laughs) You don't have
1: to go Okay. (laughs) You say mom. Okay, cool. Um, okay mom Well, I wanted to go to college for a while but it wasn't actually until I went to OMI that college was actually a thought in my head like when I was in elementary school I was like yeah I'm going to be president I don't know how I'm
0: going to get there but it's going to happen yeah she's going to be president and for a long time
1: <laughs> I was like the will of God is going to get me there that, that's how that's going to happen um, and then I got into OMI and I was like I want to be a dancer, and I want to be president, and I actually have a plan backing that up. And, like, I want to be a, physici- a physician, and a psychologist, and all these things. But all of them had a plan with college, and getting, like, multiple degrees, and becoming a doctor, in whatever I want to um, specialize in. Um, so, college, for the past seven years, has always been an idea, but... Never actually thought I'd be here <laughs> about to go to college, right,
0: so when you were writing your essays and applying for colleges, um unfortunately for me it, it is is my bad. Unfortunately for me, I wasn't around, but what was your process on how because um, I know you wanted to go to u s c I know you wanted to go to USC really bad, and you know the the bad part is one of her best friends got into USC, right? <laughs> yeah, and we're like we're both like when she told me, I was like, oh, he gets everything, <laughs> you know. But um, God bless him. He's 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 a really good kid, and he's very deserving. So I'm absolutely proud of him. If she wants to go to USC, she'll get there. Um, but UC Davis is a pretty good college so what was your thought process around um, colleges and why did you pick the colleges because I remember that you wanted to go to Harvard Stanford or Yale so
1: (laughs) so Harvard Stanford and Yale as I grew older I felt those colleges did not resonate with me as much as the ones in California and the ones that like were closer to me, and I've seen people that I loved and knew going there or, like, wanting to be there or around the, these colleges. And when I say there, I mean colleges like UC, Sen- like, co- colleges first in the UC system. Um, let me preface this with, I only applied to seven colleges. Um, six U- six UCs, and the seventh was USC, University of Southern California. Um, and the UCs were UC Santa Barbara, UCLA, UC Irvine, UC Berkeley, UC Davis, and UC San Diego. <sighs> that was t- In the top. Now, surprisingly, of all these colleges, UC Davis was the last one on there. Now, during the application process, as a very dumb student, I decided, oh yeah, I have all the help that I could possibly need, and I have someone who works at USC going to like be reading over my essays, so I only really need to work hard on those essays, have this person read over them and rework them to work hard on those, and I can do meh on my other ones. Now... <laughs> God put me in a humbling moment on that one because I only got into Davis as a, um, I say as a, um, a repercussion and a punishment to that action where I want to be in life. I need to work hard in all aspects. And I've learned that over the years, but that, that, that part really, um, showed me that that's exactly what I need to do work hard for everything that I want even though um the other seven six schools were not my top schools they were still schools that I wanted to go to because I meticulously picked the schools that I wanted to go to although they were not my top they were not in my top 2 or top 1 they were all schools that I would go to and I would gladly be there with no second doubt of being there.
0: So UC Davis was kind of like a throw-in for you. No, no. So you you really thought out going to Davis too.
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. The schools that were throw-ins for me were the CSUs that I were going that I was going to apply to, and ended up not applying to.
0: Oh, Okay. Yes. So you kind of just kind of willy nilly most of your application, just because you felt like you had everything you that bad. you, yeah, you, you, you didn't, you were like, okay, I'm, I'm bad. Like I got a four point, you know, whatever. And I like you guys during her high school years, she's run cross country. She's played lacrosse. She has, uh, what else you, you were, she created some engineered bio some bioengineering bio competition, competition in and won, some, won, she's she's done things and she's gotten accolades and she ate with the the governor. Ma- a governor and, you know, had lunches with the mayor. Like, she has done a lot of things in her high school year. I mean, like, in her high school life that I feel like Anybody would look at an application or look at her on paper. It was like, yes, we want her. But, you know, to girls and young girls, listen to what she said, you know, just being stupid and not working hard because you think that all your accolades and all your diamonds and pearls are going to follow you and you just show them, you show people your diamonds and they go, oh yeah, I want that. Sometimes it just doesn't happen the way you want it to, right?
1: It was a really, um, humbling moment because I have a group of very supportive women I surround myself with and even one of the most, one of the smartest women in that group. She also, she applied to 11 colleges, but a lot of the colleges she applied to align with the ones I did. She didn't even get into those. And not only does she do what I do, but she's done it better. She has a higher GPA than me. She's done community service outside of our school, whereas I have not. She continuously had run cross-country, whereas I had not. Um, She was a higher rank than me in school. She is an amazing person, but she also didn't get into those places, and so... I looked at it as, I could, I, at that moment, I looked at it as, I could have worked my hardest and still not have gotten into that school, and that is not true, at all. I see it now. The moment that I gave up, or not giving up, the moment that I decided to slack in what could have been my best, is the moment that doors close. Mm. instead of being open for me. And so I look at it now as I can have any and everything that I want in this world, but I can't have that unless I continue to work hard. If I don't work hard and work for the things that I need and constantly work and not give up because I think, oh, I've done this or I've I can I have done my best when I really haven't then I won't get where where I want to be in life because the major that I'm going into and like the places that the places that I want to be in the things that I want to do with this major and this degree aren't going to be done with mediocre or okay or slightly you're right before perfect no it's not gonna do it
0: yeah that kind of effort that that less than 120 effort is not gonna work for you huh yes so emiko do you feel like you were raised with specific spiritual beliefs and how does that play a part in you um getting to where you need to go in life
1: I was raised with specific spiritual beliefs on both my mother and my father's side. My father, he was not openly a spiritual person and to this day I don't know his religious beliefs or what where he is in a spiritual realm. But my grandmother on my father's side was an openly religious person and um, guided me to be that way also. And on my mother's side, I was raised through all of my family members and extended family and family brought into my life <coughs> to be a spiritual person so and a religious person. And so that has stuck with me, um, and it's helped me decide who to put in my life and the people that I surround myself with and make my family and how I go about learning and doing things in my life, it it has a deciding factor there.
0: Okay. So... How has going to military school Changed your life?
1: Um I have a lot more Discipline than An average 17 year old mm-hmm. Um I, I'd like to believe But I also have a Stronger support system that has, That is following me Outside of high school As well Um Whereas most high schoolers, they graduate from high school with um, little support from the people that guided them through high school, or the adults um, that guided them through high school and helped them. I have not only the people that helped guide me, but the people that watched me move through high school and move in two successful positions and watch me fail and then succeed again and are watching me now move to Davis um, that they now want to help me later in this journey and I'm really really thankful for that and thankful that I went to My and had this military school because it's opened up opportunities and has molded me in ways that I believe that I wouldn't, that would not. I'm sorry. In ways that I am today, I wouldn't be if I were to go to say Tech or Roseville High, or Ohio, Oakland High School. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Ohio, yeah. Um. Going to my has taught me a lot and has helped shape me into the person that I am today and the person that I know that I want to be. It's helped shape that image of the person that I want to be. And I'm really thankful for that because that's a good person, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Amico has always been amazing um, and school. She started out at um, Pat and Kristen Academy, and I really wanted to give her her education um, in the beginning. I wanted her to have a good foundation, but when she got to the fourth and fifth grade, um, she wasn't doing well in school academically. Um, She barely knew how to write, and she barely knew how to read, but um, she was a good kid, and everybody loved her. And the school, when I when I spoke to her fifth grade teacher, she was like, oh, Emiko's good. She'll learn it. And they just coddled her a lot. And um, it just didn't make me feel good. And I learned about Oakland military through a coworker of mine whose son was doing very well there, and um he was going to public school, and he he wasn't doing well at all and then he started going to the military school and he was excelling there and so she asked me to take my daughter um for a tour and take a look at the school and inmbico, just as sweet as she wanted to be um didn't fight me about it. she was like, "Yeah, I'll go look and you know she got to talk to everybody and you know, even as a fifth grader, she's been very articulate and, you know, she met the adults that were going to be there and they loved her. And, um, she fell in love with the school. And when I moved, when I moved two hours away, um, she was going to come with me and move to Roseville, but she changed her mind. She was doing so well in the school. She did not want to leave. So, um, that was one of the turning points where I just felt like this school was going to, um, take her to the next level that she needed. And who was I to keep her from being the best version of her that she could be. So, um, as a mother, I made a hard, a very hard decision that, um, I never suggest any any other parent to do. I, I really think it should be a case-by-case case basis. But, um, if you have to make a decision whether to leave your child or take them with you, I'm going to always say take them with you because I, re- even though she's did a- well in the school, I regret not taking her with me. Um, but I knew that it was, it was going to make her better. Um, at the expense of my feelings, if I could say that, be transparent. At the expense of my feelings, Kiki was in her feelings, so, <laughs> so Emiko, um, what would you do different, if anything? What would you do different as a, a teenager growing up?
1: Um, I'm not gonna start a teenager. I'm gonna start at preteen. Okay, this with all my... I would take heed to the warning of you're going to get sucked into different crowds because you want to be cool. And I'd actually try to better myself when I was a 6th grader instead of when I was an 8th grader Mm -hmm. by surrounding myself with people that were trying to be better and getting those good grades and actually caring about school. Because those people... I ended up being friends with later and then stopped being friends with them because they had drama that I just didn't want to get into and they ended up being salutatorians of my class. Right. And these these those people taught me the habits that well, taught me the foundation of the good study habits that I have and like not writing down things Um, but the difference between good procrastination and bad procrastination something they did didn't pick up no I'm just kidding Um, but they did I did get good lessons from them Um, but I felt I've always regretted that throughout my entire high school career why didn't I become friends with them earlier why? What could I have done? How? What place would I be in? How smart would I be or how much would I want to push myself if I would have stayed or been friends with them longer, earlier? If I would have stayed friends with them even though they have drama? What would have happened? How far would I have actually wanted to push myself? Would I be taking AP English instead of regular English knowing that I could have taken AP and ASAP? Would I have done better on my AP chemistry test <laughs> if I would have been focused more on studying instead of on, oh, should I hang out with my friends or, ooh, should I be on Snapchat? Ooh, should I watch that video my friend sent me? Um, that's one of my biggest school regrets, along with procrastination. It's a horrible habit to pick up.
0: That's all. Uh, Honey, I don't even think procrastination for us is a habit. I think it's a genetic trait. (laughs) I'm just going to lay it out there because your mama... Yeah. Anyway, so Emiko, you started OMI at the 6th grade level. So let's uh, talk about your life at military school as a 6th grader. Um, Going in and having to... You've always worn a uniform, so that wasn't new. But having to stand still, having to march, having people yell at you, having to get in formation, and just being around military life along with school. How did that work for you?
1: I Let me start off with, I'm a sensitive wiggle bug. <laughs> and that was just amplified as a sixth grader. So coming into camp, even though it was only five days during the days whereas like my peers had to go down to San Luis Obispo, stay the night there, not get to go home to with their families. Like I didn't know all that until the next year. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that happened. So I thought what I went through was grueling. <sighs> now, nah, back to the sensitive wiggle bug. Being yelled at and being sensitive and like taking everything to heart, I wanted to cry 24 seven. And they said I couldn't even do that. So I was there sucking in my face, trying not to even move from the little hiccups of like after night and not understanding why I needed to be still, I needed to have discipline. And later learning that this patience and this discipline and needing to be still has helped me. Not only through that military aspect of the school, but in in the classroom, when someone didn't understand something and I did, I I needed to be patient, and needing like that, it's steadfast, right? Yeah, that steadfast in situations like that, because I know that, if that was me, even though I'm, I'm, it's embarrassing, I can't ask him from the whole class, anyway, um, if I was in that situation, I'd need someone to wait for me, so I could understand, so I needed that patience, or like, with my sisters, Lord, did I need it with my (laughs) sisters, um, Just having that patience and ability to just be still in situations and where I was highly emotional has helped me a lot, especially through the turmoil of my high school, throughout my high school career. And um, it's it's given me the ability to persevere and be resilient and bounce back and know that, Things are better once you can get through it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It started off with just being able to get through a little yelling.
0: Mm-hmm. So, in the sixth grade, you had a relationship with a young girl. You guys were born in the same hospital, just one day apart. And um, it was the first year you got to experience. A loss of somebody. How did you feel about that? Losing um, one of your good friends in 6th grade?
1: Um I feel like in that situation it was the first time I learned to truly compartmentalize and blame myself for something. Like truly truly do it because I actually felt at fault for something even though I did nothing it was that day the day that my friend had died I was being subbing in for platoon leader and this the platoon leader is someone who who makes sure that during the flag ceremony at school everyone is there and everyone is accounted for and the person she wasn't there the person that died wasn't there and I said, oh, she's probably in the tardy line, running late or something. Like She's fine. Everything's fine. I think, like, I think I saw her because I was late as well that day. Right. I thought I saw her. And I had walked in, went about my day. It was a great day. Till later that day, it wasn't. We were told that she had a heart attack running To the line Mm. to make it on time to school, she had tripped and fell and had a heart attack and died. And for so long, I thought, What if I had stopped and walked with her? Because I saw her. What if I had stopped and walked with her instead of saying, Oh, I'll see you inside? Would she still be alive today? Would, Mm. would, would. Like, what, why did I be, why was I selfish in that moment? For a long time, that's what I thought. I was selfish in that moment.
0: But you do understand now that she had a congenital heart disease already. Yes. And that she was going to have a heart attack at any time and die. We just didn't know when. You understand that now, right? Yes. So, how long did it take you to realize that it wasn't your fault? Because you didn't stop to walk with her. And maybe she wouldn't have tripped. Maybe her heart wouldn't have been overexerted because she had to run to get to school on time. It
1: took until about the ninth grade. And I don't know what. I think it was just me actually opening up to people about that time and that it had Been that time of year around where she had died, and I said I was telling people like how I felt, and they were like, "Amy, there, you couldn't have done anything because that was bound to happen. It was it it was bound to happen. It was a ticking time bomb, and what what was gonna happen? And as much as we loved her, and she was a smiling." beautiful light on this earth you couldn't have stopped it and then I had to believe in myself and once I believed in myself it was like a weight was lifted from me but I also told myself from then I'd live my life through I'd let her live her life through me and by by that I meant I'd be that happy selfless person for other people, brighten up other people's lives and be a good person to people and make sure that they are okay in any way. And if they're not to help them in any possible way.
0: And having that attitude, what did that that help you get a scholarship money for having that type of attitude?
1: That did there is there was this teacher at our at at mine, miss michalowski and for some reason many people disliked her and i didn't i thought she was an amazing person She's she's a very smart woman and tech savvy she's older um, people didn't like her for her attitude. They felt like she had a lot of attitude and was undeserving of their respect. And that was not it at all. And so, because people felt this way, they decided to treat her very rudely. And it made me feel horrible to even watch or condone it. It felt I felt like by me sitting there watching it happen, I was condoning it. Mm-hmm. I, was let, I was saying, it's okay. Let it happen. And even though I knew that... I felt like me being nice didn't make up for it, I was nice anyway. And I was... I tried to be the best person I could possibly be for Miss Mike because I knew that nobody else would. And this year, she has a scholarship fund on behalf of her sisters and it is for the people that not only embody the four pillars of OMI which are citizenship, leadership, academics, and athletics who embody those pillars and show those on a daily basis but are unwaveringly polite and nice to her and I was one of the recipients and it came as such a surprise because there was only four people within my senior class that were awarded that. And it mostly came as a surprise not because I was that she said I was one of the most people the one of the most polite of those people but it came as a surprise that so many people decided that it was okay to not do that. Right. That, mm-hmm. it hurt me, but it also gives me motivation to be that person, that Just, good person. Yeah,
0: to still continue. To hold Jessica's legacy of who she was. Yes. Did I say her name right? Yeah. You thought I didn't remember?
1: No.
0: <laughs> so, you got sixth grade was absolutely a roller coaster. Seventh grade was good, right? First 4.0. First 4.0 in the seventh grade. Amy got really good grades. Then she played lacrosse in seventh grade. Sixth grade, seventh grade. And 8th grade was her last year of lacrosse. And what happened in the 8th grade? Because you started getting bad grades.
1: I was distracted. I was just a distracted young person. I I thought, like, it was okay to be distracted, and that
0: just wasn't it. So um, her dad pulled her out of lacrosse, and that um, really... uh, Cut her. Well, we did. We took her out for a week. Was it a week or two until she brought her grades back up? She had weekly um um what are those things? Progress reports. So we took her out for a week to see if her grades would come back up, and they absolutely came back up to A's. And I said, okay, I made a deal with you that I was going to take you out for a week of lacrosse, and you can go back to lacrosse, but she was living at the time half time with me and half time with her dad and we both we made this decision together but then after that week he decided that um he was going to take her out completely so during the time that she was with him she played no lacrosse and so that put a damper on her and her team and her spirit um during that time and um but life went on She had her 8th grade dance. She graduated from the 8th grade. That was all fun. And then, boom. High school comes and her mom is pregnant and having another baby. And our life has been crazy. Her um, stepfather got heavily into drugs and a bad car accident. And I as her mother could not handle it. So I decided to take my small little family and move two hours away to a little hick town in the country, 45 minutes outside of Sacramento. And I wanted to take Emiko with me. It was all set. The judge felt like Emiko was an amazing student and that she would be able to um, fit in wherever and excel whatever, whatever her father's argument was, and so she would visit her dad three weekends out of the month, a week for um, spring break and two weeks during the winter time, and six weeks during the summer time. And um, when I went to tell Emiko the news, she called me crying, and um, well. I called her. She cried and cried and cried and told me that she did not want to go. She wanted to stay oh, at OMI. And I made the hardest, the very hardest decision of my life um, of giving up uh, majority custody and giving that to her father. And I did not pray about it. I did not ask God anything. I went, was led by my feelings. And, um, I left her stepdad here, um, and I took all my children and left her here with her father and, um, moved to my little hip town outside of Sacramento. And how did that make you feel with me moving your freshman year of high school?
1: Uh. I- Was upset at first, cause I didn't understand why you were uprooting
0: everybody, yeah,
1: everything, and leaving me. I didn't understand why you couldn't stay. And then I was like, okay, fine. I have more freedom. Soon to find out, it was the exact opposite. Um, for most of my high school career I felt restricted I felt like I was in a box and although I'm partly thankful for that box I am also upset that I didn't I missed experiences that I feel that a high school student should have missed yeah But at this point in my life, I do not blame you moving and uprooting for that, but I was really upset when you left.
0: Yeah. It was really hard for me to do that, but my ultimate goal was to light a fire under your stepdad, who now I was raising two of his children and I felt, I'm gonna be completely transparent. I felt like all my children, I have three uh, fathers, four children. So Emiko has her own dad. My second daughter has her own dad, which is an ex-husband of mine. And my last two children have my current or former husband, whichever we want to call him at this moment. It's not finalized at its former. So it's current as we speak, um, today. Um, their father, um, I have their father and, um, I never thought that Emiko should be away from her dad. Um, I just felt like I had her and we were in a relationship and she was my kid and she was mine. <laughs> I was very, very selfish and um, if you follow this podcast at any time, you hear me say that in, like, almost every one of them. I was very, very selfish with her. She was my daughter. You know, she was my baby. I never thought I could have children, so having her was an absolute miracle. She was an oopsie. I always tell her she was my favorite mistake, but having her was an absolute miracle for me. And, um, she was mine and I did not want to share her at all with her dad and he had total right, but I didn't want her to be without her dad, right? I wanted her to be in her dad's life, but on my terms, okay, that's just complete transparency and, um, Emiko knows that. Um, and so my second daughter, it's a different story. He is uh, absolutely insane. And so she had to do therapy at two years old because of him and, um, she does not have any contact with him. So I met my husband when my second daughter was two years old and Emiko, you were probably about eight or nine. Um, well, Emiko didn't meet him until she was like nine, but, um, she, he met my second daughter earlier than Emiko she was with her dad every other weekend and the weekends I did spend with my husband at that time um, Emiko was not with me um, but my second daughter was and so she was able to meet him and spend some time with him and he was really good with her Um, and then we ended up having two kids his mother passed away and he got heavily into drugs and then he got into a bad car accident which he broke his neck and he shouldn't be walking or talking and he shouldn't even be alive, but he is. And, but the pain from that car accident, um, did not help him. Um, he got, he spiraled out of control. And so because of his spiraling out of control, I told him, you know, I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave you here. And if you want your family, you're going to have to get clean. And then if you're clean, you can come back. So I literally like took my kids and moved to to a place where he had no idea where I was. And for a year and a half, he was in, um, he, he was in a, in a home getting help and recovering. So, um, for a while, Emiko would come on the weekends Three weekends out of the out of the year. I mean, out of the month. <laughs> Three weekends out of the month, she would come visit. And it was just me and my children. That's how it was. It was just us, huh? It was groovy. You know, it's nothing like waking up with your kids and they hopping in your bed on a Saturday morning. You guys hanging out. And baking and dancing and doing impromptu dance parties and stuff. So that was fun. So that was her... Uh, freshman year you guys heard it from her she was mad at me (laughs) and so 10th and 11th grade she was still coming up and spending the weekend and coming summers and then we had some stuff going on um I don't know where it started I am pretty oblivious when I don't see there's something wrong. Emiko is a good masker of things. Sometimes I catch it, you know, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? I have to ask her and nag her, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? That's the and only thing ra- I want her to know, though. Yeah, what's wrong, what's wrong, wrong? Then I just mag, nag, 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 and finally she just, like, gets... Like, oh, mom. And then she tells me things that are going on. So, between my house and her house, uh, her dad's house, she had a lot of turmoil. And, um, she was protecting me from a lot of things that she was going through. Um, to my dismay, um, I personally felt like, um, Her wanting to protect me was hurting her and possibly hurting other children in our house so a big blowout happened between her and her stepfather and um I did not understand the validity of it all and I just saw it as a teenager rebelling and um if you believe in a Christian marriage, it's always your children are going to leave you anyway and forge their own paths in their lives. So you and your spouse need to stay on the same page. And so I did. Um, I, I still love it. I loved Emiko, but I had to take um, Dad's side in that instance because that was the only side that I saw. Like we're parents and we're doing parental things and she was being rebellious. And so that's what I saw in that, that moment in time. And I didn't know any of the backstory or the underlining factors to those things. Um, we will not be transparent and talk about those things because Amiko and I have not really delved into that, but, um, All of that led up to, um, her not speaking to me. And it had to do with her not wanting to speak to me and her father, um, was he, like, demanding that you didn't talk to me? Did he, like, tell you you couldn't talk to me at all in this process?
1: No, but when... I suggested talking, like, at one point, I was like, I'm kind of tired of not having my mom in my life, like, my mother is missing moments in my life that she really shouldn't be, and my dad appealed to my anger by saying, well, she hasn't done anything Besides say Empty words To try and correct What has happened And so Me being angry I said you know what you're right I'm not going to speak to her Mm -hmm. And it just kept at that until I Came to Live with my granny and I was like, you know what? Despite whether mother has done anything to try and rectify what happened, I'm. I'll just talk to her because I need to have my mother in my life, and obviously, I've gone horribly wrong since she's not.
0: Yeah, so this is. I missed her 11th grade year.
1: Um,
0: it, wasn't that fun I, it would have been, we would have had so much fun. I would have made it fantasmagorical, as my dear friend Teek, um, God rest her soul, would say. Um, I would have made it phantasmagorical anyway, but I missed her whole junior year, and because I missed her junior year. And most of her senior year, Emiko was unable to go to senior prom. You missed it. She missed taking her cap and gown picture and her um, senior pictures. Yeah, senior portraits. You missed a senior outing. What is it called? Grad night. Mm -hmm. And What else did you miss? Grad night, prom night, pictures. just the important stuff stuff, class ring all that crap and when she finally opened up to me i'm like scrambling like a mad woman to try to get the last little bit of senior stuff for her (laughs) like a crazy woman and i'm still trying to find a place so she could take her senior pictures she could have her hair done and she could take her cap and gown and her senior pictures so she doesn't miss that but You know, making up for lost time is really hard. And so now we come to her senior year. How was your senior year at OMI? Um, School-wise. School-wise. For anybody
1: in school, in high school specifically, listening listening to this podcast, just because you're in senior year doesn't mean you get to stop or procrastinate or anything. You keep that work ethic going yeah keep it going keep it going yeah and that's that's all i have to say about senior year. <laughs> like oh if i didn't quit the last two months i literally i took my hat off stopped wearing the wrong the right uniforms on the right day i hid out in my favorite place in the school for the last like month of school i only went to classes when i was 100 percent sure that like i had work in them once I took all my finals, I stopped showing up to classes. Wow. It, it you was had seen your
0: itis really bad. Really bad. The-itis. The itis. The last two months. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, as a teenager, what is your greatest come to Jesus moment? So, um, let me explain what a come to Jesus moment is. It's that moment in life where you, like, look at your life and say, God, I need you. I can't do any of this by myself. What am I doing? I need your help like ASAP. It's a hard one, huh? Mm-hmm. You probably had a few of them.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm modest about it.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think I can't specifically pinpoint specific times but I know when I felt like I was on the brink the line between life and death or taking my own life over things that still are a problem big problems to me now but Probably later in life will be like, that's stupid, Emiko. Come on. Um, Just those moments were... Come to Jesus moments. I... there are places in my life where I'd, I'd never want to revisit and I'd never want to like redo my life past those moments in fear of having to go back through them. Mm. Um, and those were those moments <laughs> where I just, <laughs> life just wasn't it, chief.
0: hmm yeah. Yeah. I get it. What do you think your life would be like if your mom and dad were together?
1: We would not be sitting here right now. <laughs> That's one thing. I do think, though, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have siblings I think that by the time yeah by the time my parents got to around the eight the times of where I have both my next oldest siblings they'd say not nah, I'm good with this one if they were together in that time just because They're both growing and learning, and the people that they were then, the people that they do now, they are now. Like, mom, you'd be such an outdoors person. We'd be, like, camping right now instead of right here.
0: You really think so? I really think so. I hate camping.
1: Exactly. (laughs) 17 years of it, though. (laughs) Or, like, we'd we'd be, like, getting the last paddleboard (laughs) in, like while, like, my dad's out, out hunting, or fishing, so he can grill us salmon for dinner, like, something like that, um, but I also think, like, I, I would be a lot more spoiled, and I'm, I'm a spoiled person, I'd, I'd have to admit that (laughs) I'm spoiled, but, um, I'd be more spoiled in a, in, in a sense of like, I wouldn't, my parents and family like already want to give me anything and don't, they do and don't want me to work for the stuff that I have. And I just feel like I wouldn't even know where, what worth work ethic is because everything that both my parents do seems to come so flawlessly I, w- I, w- I just wouldn't know mm-hmm. um, so I'm glad for what I have and do now or right. how life has ended up now
0: Guess you got a better version of yourself mm-hmm. yeah Alright, last question. We're almost done. Aren't you happy? This wasn't so bad, was it? Uh, I asked everybody that. Uh-huh. <laughs> 55 minutes. Shut up. <laughs> what is the greatest gift you want to give moms and daughters that are going through what you've been through?
1: Let's start off with daughters. Daughters. Cherish your family members, your your parents specifically. I know that sometimes they they may seem like the most annoying people in the world, and you you just don't want to deal. I need you to deal, sis. Please, because you will have regrets in life, and like at the moment, you're gonna think, "Oh, I'm right," like I'm right. You could be wrong or even partly wrong. Like, you don't even have to be full... Like, you could be right, but you could also be wrong. And I need you to, like, understand that you are not always right and you will never always be right. And mothers, listen to your daughters. Just, Just listen. And I know like, if you have relationships like my mom and I, where, like, I used to talk my mother's ear off, sometimes, just, just, like, on those days you're like, I I really don't want to listen. Listen. Cause I bet you those are the days that your daughter is gonna reveal something to you that you're like, what the... What? Um, what the what? Come on. So, it's, yeah. But that, that's
0: the only advice that I have thank you for having me yeah moms um, my my biggest thing is if your daughter tells you something or alludes to the fact of something believe her believe her and read between the lines because um, yeah it's important so Daughters love your moms. And we're going to say goodbye. to the ladies bye. Bye, ladies. <laughs> bye. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you for tuning into our program. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and leave us a comment. I can't wait to see you all next week on Mom Unfiltered.